<laughs> that probably blew the mic. <laughs> oh, wow. That's going to be fun. Editing Becca is going to be really happy to be blasted Everyone on Spotify with uh, headphones in is going to be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, welcome back. Woo. To the Grim Reader. We don't sound very grim. We don't. Um, even though I was looking at comments under a post and um, it was on Emma's page when she posted that she was a guest and people were like this looks scary and I was like oh no we're not scary <laughs> we're very intimidating Becca <laughs> I don't think we are we're just two people just chatting away yeah so, we're just cracks as all yeah pretty much might be scary in that respect but if you didn't know this is a podcast where we judge each other's books by the front cover uh come up with a little story about them and then do a book review so enjoy if you've never listened to us before if you've never listened to us before good luck <laughs> <laughs> well at least this week's gonna be better because last week we were putting on a Kerry accent for some of it and I was like the Kerry accent is really hard for people who are not from Ireland even for yeah but from Ireland let's let's kind of be real like my Kerry accent is not distinguishable as a Kerry accent it's not very Kerry though it's very offensive I'd say <laughs> well that's a bad carry accent all of my carry accents are bad last week was a little bit more passable but that's bad (laughs) let's not offend the carry listeners please uh they've already been and left (laughs) they've seen enough um but yes happy independent book week Yes, happy independent bookshop week. Oh, uh, yes. better. Uh, I noticed on Twitter, I saw bookshops that we follow um, posting about it. And I was like, mm, is this another thing that we probably should have looked into to promote <laughs> earlier? And um, yes, it was. So I don't know, was it this week or last week? But we're going to, I'm going to be vague and say it's this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. But you should support your local bookshop. Or your independent bookshops the whole time. Um, a few of my favorites are absolutely O'Mahony's. I've talked about them. Um, I grew up going to O'Mahony's. My granddad used to work there, so it was like a big treat. Even I popped in there yesterday because I'm in Limerick at the moment, and my sister was with me, and she was getting annoyed because I was taking so long. I haven't been in there in months, and it's I was so like, beautiful. Oh, home, and <laughs> she came up to me at one point, and she was like. She whispered, she was like, I've always wanted to work here. This, and I was like, this was my dream job as well. Like when I was five, oh. everyone else dreams of being actresses and singers. I was like, I want to work in a bookshop. I want to work in Omani's. Yeah. Your oh, dream could dream. still come true. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. your favorite bookshop? I love, I, I'm a Cork woman. A Cork woman now I am. Uh, I don't, The accents, it sounds the same as the Gary one. <laughs> I had to get way more narrowly now. I'm a cock woman. I love me vibes and scribes. I love vibes and scribes. I'm going to be kind of serious. I love it. Um, I love, um, basically, if you haven't been to vibes and scribes, it's right on the quay um, facing the river in Cork City. And on the left-hand side is the second-hand bookshop. And you go in and it's chaos because there's books everywhere. But it's amazing. They have graphic novels. They have any kind of book that you could look for you could get a cookbook 
book, you could get a graphic novel, you could get a horror book, you could get whatever you want. And then if the book isn't in there, then you go next door on the right and you're in the new bookshop and it's uh it's it's just wonderful. I just adore fights and scribes. Um this is the biggest shout out ever. And of yeah. course, then we gotta give it to our waterstones because they're our old reliables. May not be independent, but we do stand. We do. <laughs> the staff in there are really nice. Um, so they are like the manager. I had a great long chat with him about um the glorious heresies, which I just read recently. Like he gave such a big recommendation for that. And um, they give a lot of recommendations. They're very, very good to the to the writer, to the local mm. writers. Um, my sister has written, we we will have we should have her on one of the days. Yeah, on her second. So my sister's written a graphic novel and um, when she released it, it's a graphic novel on her uh, journeys through um, her autism diagnosis and with autism. And uh, it's a she's an incredible artist. And when she was releasing her first book, Waterstones, like approached her and wanted a signing. And they're they're amazing. They're a great local shop to have. They are. Um, they're a really like they are a cork strong team. <laughs> mm. No, they they really do support um, Irish authors, but especially cork authors. Like they have a cork recommend section, everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I think it's great to like bring that to the forefront. But love independent bookshops um I know I'm uh heading up to Galway um and I cannot wait to go to Charlie Burns I remember finding it last year um I haven't been to Galway that often but um I found it last year and Matteo was with me and (laughs) poor Matteo he has to put up with me and uh, he has to take pictures of you reading in the park (laughs) oh yeah I mean he he's a he is such a he's such a good boyfriend but um I think I'll just be like Matteo I'd find a seat and sit down because I'm gonna be here for a really long time I remember the utter joy I felt walking and I was like oh my god it's just filled like there's just so many levels you just keep walking like this where do the books end it's just beautiful so I cannot wait to go and then Kenny's is another shop um, that I'm really looking forward to going to as well. I've never yes. been. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait for um, international travel to eventually be safe again because mm. um, me and Chloe um, went on a beautiful romantic trip to <laughs> Paris. And the next time we go, we're taking Becca because Becca yes. is the Shakespeare and Company. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You can't. T- I, I was actually, I made a new friend this week in the English market also a shout out to local business my goodness mm-hmm. is where it's at if you're a vegan in Cork City they're amazing and I was talking to a woman working in my goodness and she was a big book reader and we were talking about the podcast she spotted I was a book reader because I had my Shakespeare and Company tote bag oh. and she got <laughs> she's been kicked out of Shakespeare and Company by security because she took pictures because her friend released a book and she took a picture of it on the shelf in Shakespeare and Company oh, no. because obviously amazing achievement to have a book at Shakespeare yeah. Company but she got kicked out <laughs> are you not allowed to take pictures in there no you're not I took a really sneaky one of Aggie the cat but I will never post it online it is for oh, my girl own. you shouldn't be shouting that out on the podcast <laughs> it'll be out, like, Becca they'll have a photo of you in the front window being like woman. big x over your face like banned, no banned, banned. <laughs> oh damn oh, I'll take pictures of the outside it's fine do 
do. Well, we hop into our book. We will hop into the books. So you're up first. Woo. My go. Hey, this is Editing Becca here. The following book that we're going to be talking about is Animal by Lisa Tadeo. This book features um, some very graphic content, uh, sexual assault, rape, and for anybody that might be upset or triggered by this, please feel free to skip this section of the episode. Um, we start talking about The Switch um, by Beth O'Leary at around 38 minutes. Thanks. Okay, I read uh, Animal by Lisa Tadeo, and I'm going to send you a photo now. Now, I, again, Marion Keyes, of course, is, is reviewing it. She's, she's actually on my book too today. Oh, she's like she's like a recurring guest that's never actually been here, like on oh, her own. Consent. Girl, I have to say that would be the dream. Marion Keyes oh. is a guest. And oh, one day we'd be like worshiping her and being like, oh, I'm not Mary smart enough or intellectual enough to be involved in this conversation. She's such a beautiful, beautiful woman. Oh, I love oh. her. But yeah, she's reviewed this book. So um, and her I, I usually edit out the little book reviews, but oh, her quote is too good to edit out. I'm going to leave you with the hint. OK, <laughs> so. Uh, it's a really I have seen this cover because you did post about it on uh, our Instagram page and I've seen it a lot all over the place it's one that's really come out with a bang yeah um, so what it is uh, the cover is literally a close-up of a girl's face I'm gonna say um, but it's from her eyebrow just to about her lip and it's the left side of her face yeah trying to judge what side um and yeah it's a really like glowy photo but her eye is really interesting it's kind it's of beautiful as well. yeah it's kind of a bit of green but it kind of changes into goldy reddy oh it's just beautiful. like I judged I judged this book by its cover and I bought it because of the cover <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting I'm going to show Becca on camera because it's not in the photo is this is the front of the book and this is the side when you have it lined Ooh. up on your bookshelf it's neon orange it's quite unusual nice we do have a recurring theme of neon orange yeah in this, that's why I was pointing podcast. out that's their color but um I wish I had her skin that is some that is some nice looking skin healthy oh, clear healthy glow. glowy beautiful yeah Give us your skin tips, whatever model was used for this. Unfortunately, I'll give you one hint. This is not a book on skincare. <laughs> I guessed. I guessed. So Marion Key's um, little review of this is like a series of grenades exploding. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to say this is a really dramatic book. Okay. I think I went dark in my last book as well, didn't I? To be honest... Uh, it's when you think of the word grenade it's hard to be lighthearted. yeah <laughs> i have to get my thinking hat on one summon that mojo that so, um that that good juice okay <laughs> see i don't want it to be anything like last week's okay so i'm gonna say huh how i was gonna start actually i was like no that's too close to last week's <laughs> book <laughs> it's like religious household no 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 <laughs> no um, no no oh okay I have I have it's actually gave me time to really explore my imagination I'm gonna say that this is written about a girl who uh is living within the traveling community in Ireland and she is 
when we meet her, she's kind of 15, 16. And she's um, attending school, whatever. And we see that she's really discriminated against because of her background. Mm -hmm. And that even in school, like people spit at her. It's, it's just horrible. Like even teachers think like, there's very few of them that go above and beyond to help her, even though she's naturally bright. Mm-hmm. But they're like, look, they have this stigma against the traveling community, which is like many people in Ireland do. Many people in Ireland do, and it's a disgusting trait. Um, you know, absolutely, I abhor it completely. Um, oh, there's just it's, so many. It's discrimination, and it can't it is be discrimination any and other way. It, no. No, absolutely not. I think it's it's really disgusting. Um, and call out people. Tell them that it's wrong if they say things like that in front of you. Sorry, that's mm-hmm. just to listeners. But um, we see her and she's really confused because there are a few teachers that are trying to encourage her, you know, to go above and beyond. And, you know, that she is talented in some respects. And I'm going to say that she's really talented at something like art. Um, she loves art and the teacher there like really connects with her and I'm going to say like her drawings are or her paintings are just amazing but what's her name by the way I want to I want to also give you points if you get close to the name I haven't thought this far through um give her a name I hate naming people it's so hard (laughs) it's really hard see like because when you when you guess the story you could be like oh you almost had it right but then with the name it's like no you had that wrong (laughs) I'm definitely gonna have it wrong I'm gonna say her name is this is so hard it's like I want (laughs) the little like baby book of names and be like I'm gonna pick I love names pick a name I'm going to say her name is uh, Lucy. Lucy? Okay. Lucy. Okay. Very Narnia. Really I literally just have a flute CD here and the harpist is called Lucy. I was like, okay. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Inspiration. Um, so she, um, a lot of people in the class are like jealous of her talent. And I'm going to say she goes to a mixed school. And anyway, uh, we find out that a lot of her projects or her artwork uh, starts to be destroyed uh, by other classmates as kind of a bullying thing. And she's naturally incredibly upset, but she's not surprised. And it's just another thing that's being taken away from her. And we kind of see this side that she's incredibly tired and I'm going to say that she's battling a little bit of depression, which she feels she can't tell anyone about. And just kind of another thing that's being taken away from her. And it's just pushing her down another few pegs. And she doesn't need it. She doesn't deserve it. Um, I'm going to say her home life, it's, um, it's good. She gets on really well with her parents. Um, her family are very close-knit. And, you know, her parents are kind of like, look like we've we'll go into the school like this is not right um they really want her to get a really good education and hopefully to go to college or something um and they're really like we want to fight these like stereotypes people have of the traveling community Mm -hmm. um and we kind of have flashbacks of like different scenarios that have happened like her dad being 
um, trying to get a job and being thrown out really or um, her mum being refused service in shops and you know just that casual thing um, casual discrimination mm. and things like that and it kind of it starts getting darker as the book goes on as she gets older and she's like whoa this isn't right and her parents have really tried to shield her from it um and i'd say eventually when she gets to you know she's 15 16 she's being hypersexualized as a lot of um women in the traveling community do um suffer from and um I'm going to say that uh, boys in school um, decide to play a prank on her. Um, well, prank, they're going to assault her, really. And um, she, uh, I'm going to say whatever passage is written about this, she, she says that she is treated no better than an animal in their eyes and that they view her as such. And it's, it's really, you know, I'm going to say it's heartbreaking. It's very raw. And it's, it's really, you just want to just jump into the book and fight for her defense. She starts becoming incredibly withdrawn. Um, her paintings become really sinister. Um, I'm gonna say a bit of a trigger warning. There might be a little bit of self-harm. And the art teacher, she tries to connect with her, asks, did something happen? Her parents are becoming increasingly worried. You know, it was kind of a mask that she might've put on when she was at home, that things were fine. And that mask is slipping a lot. And um, yeah, I think, I don't know how it kind of resolves. I think, I don't know. I don't know how to finish the story. Okay. So it's, kind of a, it's, it's her unraveling. It's her and unraveling. And I don't want it to unravel at the end. I want someone to come in and save her. But I think maybe it's a the thing where... Maybe the teacher like believes in her and like has like your one maybe... Maybe she's applied for college, but she like withdraws her application, but her art teacher has applied for like, has kind of kept her application in. Is yeah, there a I mean, I think her? I'm trying to think of like, I think in a sense, I'd love her to do a big like fuck you to the school. And um, in their hall, she does a massive, like she breaks in one night and she does a massive mural of um like celebrating her heritage and her yeah her family and things like that and then um like it's beautiful on the walls but then it tells a different story maybe in um on the floor things like that like she's done like a complete overhaul of like she puts um or else you know those drawings where they have like the slurs she's been called over the years and um like it's it's huge like it and an um, art director spots it and he saves her i'm gonna say the the art teacher actually takes photos of it and submits it to local papers and it makes like news of like how badly this girl was treated good and um yeah she we kind of end maybe with her having a monologue of like realizing she's so much stronger than she ever knew and sorry i'm doing a recurring theme of this with my stories recently aren't i well, I love, like, I, no they get their um, comeuppance they get their comeuppance but um yeah I really want those guys prosecuted for yes to her they but will be yeah sorry in our fictional uh, world they will be prosecuted a darker book <laughs> and yeah okay so first off her name is unfortunately and shockingly it is not Lucy <laughs> I I kind of knew that I'm okay so 
Lisa Tadeo. This is just a reminder again. This is Animals by Le- or Animal by Lisa Tadeo. And the way I'm going to preface this is this. I think this book is why books like this is like an example of why we need warnings on books. The okay. way that we get warnings on movies, the way that we get warnings on video game. It's not hard for publishers to do. Just stick the little squares at the back with like sexual violence language whatever because oh my god this book is dark (laughs) okay so a big trigger warning to listeners okay so let me go back to telling you how wrong you were (laughs) okay thank you so um this book is not set in ireland we open and this girl our protagonist joan is after driving cross country from new york to la so we're set in LA um this is a second um person perspective for most of the book we're being told everything that happens by the protagonist Joan but we're being talked to directly but we don't know who we are yet if that makes sense okay not clear who she's talking to and we're playing a, a role already that kind of when we don't know who we are it's already a little bit uncomfortable so um animal starts off as Joan has driven cross country to Los Angeles because of an incident that's happened in New York. So she is renting a room or she's renting a three-story house, sorry, in this um, mad compound in Topanga Canyon. I don't know if that place is fictional. I should have Googled that, but anyway, (laughs) she's renting in LA. It's quite a, it's quite a, a low-key house there's a lot wrong with it there's an awful lot of um coyotes nearby and it's a very small town kind of a vibe um the the house itself is she's like depressed looking at it she's like oh god and the landlord lives next door and his name is leonard and he won't let her do things like turn on the air conditioning and he says that it's because the air conditioning unit is like cancerous or something and it's actually like she kind of sees through it and she's like, oh, it's because we're splitting the electricity bill mm. and he's being cheap. So anyway, um, Joan, our main character, she is a, she is a textbook um, victim of what's happened in her past. She is defined by trauma and um, she she describes herself as like really depraved. And it's kind of where we get our title, really. Like, she really doesn't view herself as human anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, soon involved with, like, two men who are living in the compound. There's River and also Leonard, like, the senile and um, the senile landlord who is um, suffering with Parkinson's and dementia. And we figure out that the reason that Joan has come to L.A. is because she's looking for a woman called Alice, but we don't know why. We still don't know what's really going on. So um, there's a mysterious connection with Alice that we start to uncover. And them meeting is the trigger point for like the final like catastrophe um, uh, that that is kind of going that is unraveling that's coming in this book we kind of know things are going to go wrong it's heavily implied for the whole start so every situation that Joan is in she will sexualize we're getting everything in her own perspective and she is so damaged and so wounded that there the whole thing she sexualizes every encounter in the whole book and I just want to say like the like I think we should put it in the episode bio anyway but like massive just 
massive trigger warning like avoid this book if that is a subject matter that upsets you because um it's 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 hinted in nearly every every scene um Joan has a really damaged um perspective on the world um she speaks um very candidly about things so there's a scene where a man is making eye contact with her where he's like picking his nose and kind of biting his nail off and he's looking at her really creepily and she says that like every man has rape in them and she is saying this she refers to it as like a small rape because she's I'm not sure it's like she's anticipating what he's thinking okay and she is just traumatized this Mm. poor girl everything is everything is tough on her um because of that I feel like she starts to become a very one-dimensional character because it makes me doubt that someone could function thinking like this all of the time. Like it's it's one continuous opinion for the entire book and it is extremely bleak and extremely grim. Do you think though, is that because she's in an environment with men the whole time that that paranoia just comes to the surface straight away when she sees a man? No, he like basically so Joan is also in her 30s she is like she describes her own beauty as like there's a lot of women who are pretty and there's a lot of women who are like sexually attractive and that's how she explains herself straight away um she like any important kind of experience with her that she talks back to in this book is in a sexual it's a sexual experience there's as a sexual scenario happens she has been abused she's been groomed she's everything has happened to her mm-hmm. and it's it's all being at the hands of men so even yeah. though she's not constantly encountering people with these motives it's she just thinks she is because by her yeah, eyes, no, it's it's a, it's a natural fear that she would have given her history yeah you know exactly so I'm saying like that's um do you know it's the paranoia the fear that's coming forward yeah and it's relevant but at the same time there's like it'll kind of it'll make more sense what I'm trying to say as I as I continue so basically um the the way the book works is we're going from what's happening right now to what she's relating it to that happened to her before Mm -hmm. and we're we're always getting these little breadcrumbs of like what's kind of brought her to this moment and there's um and again like really horrific very seedy things are happening there's there's one horrible extract about and all I'll say for the other people who've read this is that's the the girl on the trampoline kind of story that she hears and like Jesus Christ I read it and I was like I don't think I can read the rest of this book I found it really really upsetting um but the my problem with this book is that because there's just so much happening that it feels a bit unbelievable and it feels like how can I make this worse and there's a lot of times where like a traumatic thing is happening right now in the present and Joan is like busy remembering another traumatic scene that's happened as this new one's happening and like you can't place your bookmark anywhere because it's so run on and it's so confusing like you have to read this in a couple of sittings because everything is just back and forth and back and forth and it all makes sense when you read the whole thing but Jesus like when I was you know like if I was reading in the bookshop I had to reach the end of the chapter I was like Mm. if I if I put my bookmark here I don't know what's going on when I pick this up in an hour it's crazy there is so much happens we find out like 
height she's moved and basically we find this out pretty early that a man that she was having an affair with so she wasn't married he was a he was married his name is Vic and he has actually committed suicide right in front of her while she's on a date with another man oh dear god it's horrific then this poor girl is traumatized um is dealing with this Vic's um widow is texting her horrific horrific abuse um and has basically said that her daughter is on the way to kill Joan she's going to murder her and it's oh my god it's this book is just brutal it's absolutely brutal even the nature that surrounds this story so like there's like the coyotes that are nearby Mm -hmm. there's the whole book is this sense of doom she's being told like in the beginning I was like I hope this isn't foreshadowing what the fuck because she was like she's to double bag her rubbish if there's anything with blood because she's living so near the coyotes and that like they're gonna know when she's like "Ah, ah I just oh my god I was just so shook for this book I was like please give me a light at the end of the tunnel but the my problem with this is so much happens and because so much is happening that we barely feel the impact of any of it we're just it's kind of ridiculous it's it's kind of way too much mm. <laughs> and this book needs like these kind of books they need warnings and I know like the back of the book is saying like you know it's very very it's very dark like this is the extract from the back of the book when you buy it I drove myself out of New York City where a man shot himself in front of me he was a gluttonous man and when his blood came out it looked like the blood of a pig that's a cruel thing to think I know he did it in a restaurant where I was having dinner with another man another married man do you see how this is going but I wasn't always that way. And that's that's not enough for me. <laughs> like This book, it needs a warning. It has to have a warning. And there's been a lot of books, like you've all also reviewed My Dark Vanessa. Yeah. These need warnings. They're put they on shelves with Maeve Binchy and Marion Keys and all these like lighthearted little things. And then when you pick up something like this, you need to know what you're getting into because this is... Like, I, I thought it was way too much. <laughs> I think it's it's when it's something that will be triggering for someone. Even I've read books that have featured eating disorders, um, things close to suicide, um, self-harm, mm-hmm. you know, sexual assault, rape. They need a warning on it because you don't know the effect that someone that that will have on someone reading it. It's really irresponsible. And that is absolutely in no way am I saying this is anything to do at least today. Oh, this is no, this is a publishing thing. No books have trigger warnings. None of them do. But this is one where I left the book going, Jesus Christ, I think I'm a little bit damaged from this. And um, despite Lisa Tadeo's like really, really incredible writing, she's a great author. Um, but I do have problems with this book, but I have a bigger problem with publishing houses and this way of doing things. Because mm. I worry that someone is going to pick this up and is going to is going to relapse or going to fall into a hard time because of this and because of similar books. Um, it's just the one thing that stuck out to me that I, I needed to address. Um, and 
like you know it's dark when you read the blurb and you you read the inside of the cover and you get a little bit more details you know it's going to be dark but it is so irresponsible for publishers like to uh, just at least not get the little box symbols at the back of the book give an age rating because like this is too difficult and too upsetting for I would say like quite a large majority of readers I think this is a really heavy book and I think there ne- it needs to be safeguarded a little bit because I think this is leaving Lisa Tadeo like a really fantastic and gifted author open to an awful lot of criticism. Yeah but it's it's something that I mean you don't want to curb someone's creativity or you know writing about topics like this absolutely you know write about them but it's more um the actual editorial process yeah publishing putting that out on the market is the thing yeah and to be honest it's not putting it out it's the way it's put out on the market because lisa Mm. today like I you leave this book with an awful lot of insight to what a lot of women are feeling all of the time Mm. so even like there's lines in here that are very dramatic like I do have problems with the book anyway but there's lines in here that are really dramatic but like I can see I can see where she's coming from and maybe to someone else they can't it these books are important that they get written about but like it yeah it's too it it needs to be absolutely but it's, it's something that we've brought up before I brought up a lot with my dark Vanessa that I really really wanted trigger warnings on it um I'd love for them to be at the back um as you said, little, uh, you know, boxes and that. But I also think it needs to be included on the front. Yeah. Um, sorry, no, in the book as well. Do you know when you're actually, before you actually hit page one, that there is two readers, this book contains blah, blah, and lists them out. Yeah, 100%. And it's not going to, like, if there's an argument that it's going to, like, ruin the storytelling then like sorry I don't want to be like shocked and traumatized Mm. by a book like that's not that's not like the definition of art there might be people that choose to forego and not read the trigger warning and that's on them but right now there's no protection for someone who might have a really adverse like like a really adverse reaction to something like this it could do them real damage they don't have a choice right now because I know you said but like yeah but as you said you picked this book up purely for the cover yeah a lot of people do that even uh when I was in Oman News yesterday I saw a book picked up I was like wow what an amazing cover and um put it back down because I was like too expensive for the moment (laughs) and um it's something like that do you know you're just like Mm -hmm. oh that book's cover is just fantastic and a lot of the times um I do read the blurbs but sometimes you know the blurb does not give anything away do you know about these Mm. kind of topics do you know so then you're reading it and then you're finding out you're going oh sweet Jesus um yeah and like I expected this to be dark but like as I said when Rebecca was reading my dark Vanessa I kind of just said out loud I was like yeah I don't I don't think I could read that book all of a sudden I'm in that book like oh and the writing it's it's she's a great author but like you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back now to my problems with this okay I go on okay so there is like obviously there's there's like in particular there's a horrible birth scene that left me really wounded there's a lot of extremely graphic and very upsetting depictions of sexual assault and to from the perspective of a character who underplays what's happening to her because she's so damaged and it is really well her outlook is really clear but it's all really 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 bleak my problems with this book in terms of the way it was written are the 
like I I just don't like when there's just too much happens in this plot it's a bit like it just doesn't feel believable anymore it's too outlandish it's too there's just too much that's all um I was looking at a couple of reviews then when I was researching this book and the Guardian gave quite they gave quite a a, like an insightful view and it didn't read as that negative until the very last line where they said like it's not a great novel it's a great missed opportunity and now like Mm. I think that's that's really harsh I would at the end of the day give this novel a six out of ten okay because and that's if I'm taking out my um my whole thing with it being too traumatizing to whatever that's where I land without all of that considered because it's it's a good read I enjoyed it there's a lot of really nice lines in it but it's there's too much happens it's overcomplicated it's yeah it's overcomplicated um so Lisa Tadeo she is fab she's like has really really good standards very really interesting perspective and we know exactly who Joan is as a reader she delivers it well even if I don't like who Joan is and I don't think it's believable I I know who she is um she's the author of um her bestseller three women it won a lot of non-fiction awards and it's going to be it's been adapted to a tv show by showtime it it was adapted in 2019 so I'm not sure what that means for its release because of covid and Mm all of that but um this is her first fiction novel and it definitely took the world by storm like it's everywhere yeah i have seen um, it everywhere yeah and there's another really cool cover as well where it's um a bit kind of the like monochromatic kind of colors and uh that's the american cover i think the european one is way nicer but yeah i i'm like i don't want to recommend this to people because i just think i know i think it i think um I, I, I enjoyed getting to read it and I liked, you know, I was motivated to come back and finish it. But no, I don't think I left this uh, any bigger. I think I left this book a little bit smaller than I went into it. I okay. think it's too heavy. But yeah, that would be my review. It's about a six out of ten. I It wouldn't be what I was. I wouldn't I, I don't want to lend this to anyone. <laughs> I okay. don't want to be responsible for any tears shed because holy fucking hell. <laughs> way too much well yeah that's my review okay uh very heavy jesus very I'm, heavy. I'm glad i'm going second um because <laughs> before this episode we usually Save check the day. if one of us actually has a very heavy book we do check with one another yes. being like hey i'm gonna do something really heavy um which we actually haven't done in a while i don't think no, I think the last extremely heavy one was probably my dark Vanessa. Honestly. I think it was. I think it was. I've kind of, I've been really gentle with myself recently. <laughs> I know, um, girl. I'm exactly the same. This and, like, yeah. I was in my gentle phase and this book like absolutely warped me out of it. <laughs> but um, so no, my book is completely different. I will send in a Woo! photo now. We can um, relax. Breathe easy, readers. Yes. <laughs> We can put on an M- or an um, ASMR voice now. <laughs> okay. Suits them, yes. Oh, look, Marion's on the cover again. And she is blessing us back to the beautiful, beautiful world of light fiction. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So um, where Marion Key's cover or like review on Lisa Tadeo's book was like a series of grenades exploding. Her review on this book that I'm looking at now, The Switch by Beth O'Leary, is 
so charming so sweet and so lovely thanks <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so um this is the switch by Beth O'Leary and she is the author of The Flat Share and I know she has another book a more a new book right now is it The Road yeah, Trip? Yeah The Road Trip yeah I was looking at it on O'Mahony's yesterday and I do want to read it actually um, it's, yeah. it's really her books I haven't read The Flat Share I've read this one it's very I actually kind of, am going to read The Flat Share so don't yeah, read it I know, I know you are so. you told me you warned me this book is the cover is so like as Marion Keys has said herself it is so charming it so is. sweet and so lovely I'm looking at two so the the word the switch is in big blue writing and um kind of like a primary school book kind of a text it's mm. just very friendly and welcoming and then below it we're looking at two doors and the doors are the same height same width same everything with the same kind of um kind of layout but they're very different doors and I think this is where we get an awful lot of information about yeah. um, the people in this book so the door on the left is yellow and it's very modern looking it's um very very sleek not an, like it's just a plain yellow door with the big like the fridge door kind of um, yeah. line handle <laughs> going right down the middle with a little plant outside like like very very aesthetic it's very um, Instagram, mm. Gen Z kind of millennial. I much prefer the door on the right, actually. I do, too. I yeah. do, too. This is very like Instagram, plant mom, um, minimalism. Yes. This is on like, the left, on the yeah. left. Yeah, on the left. So yellow door, little plant next to it and a little green rug at the bottom. And that is all we're getting from this door. Um, now the door on the right me and Becca's door oh, this is our house this, this is my house door like I was yes. like beautiful yes we're looking at chaos aesthetic chaos we're looking at a beautiful kind of reddish pinkish door with um it's kind of the old school wood ones where mm. they've got the little um the little square engravings on them and yeah. um, it's got the little door uh, or the gold um door knocker the little letter box below and there's like bills or something sticking out of it there's like a watering can and there's like wellies and then there's this gorgeous just Plant, unkempt like, yeah. plant <laughs> it's like I, I love it first of all yeah. okay so what I am thinking here is there's two major ideas for protagonists here and I'm gonna go with two women and um so I think that the door on the left this very kind of minimalist door is a young 20 something making her way in the world is doing quite well in her job she's not in marketing this week she's in business and I think she is working maybe as um, a paralegal or uh, kind of on her way rising up the ranks of a solicitor or a lawyer think she's on her way there she's doing quite well for herself and she's quite young and she's moved out of home quite young maybe her family weren't always well off so she really prides herself on how like how hard she's worked and how she's brought herself here and she has the picturesque life she's got her her healthy plant on the front door she replaces his soil every couple of months it is checking for root rot I, she's I very good together their soil you're just water. I know you do replace their soil and you replace their um their little plant pot if the roots grow out. Oh, okay. A lot into plant keeping, Becca. <laughs> My mom's a big gardener and me like, no, ew, the worms. <laughs> Run away. 
So my housemate loves her plants and she um she repotted all her plants recently. So this is like Oh, like, this is oh. where you're getting information from. Exactly. So I think she is like just doing really well for herself. I also think she's bought this house. I don't okay. think she's renting anymore. I think she's just bought this house and she is so proud of herself. This is her first home. Everything is perfect. And she works so hard that she's barely even home to see it. So she puts all her money into hiring these builders and hiring cleaners and like coming home and making sure everything is spick and span. And then her neighbor right next door is a hot mess. <laughs> she is in her 60s. She has um, she has loads of like her her maybe three or four kids are, are older now and have their own kids and they come to visit her quite regularly. So her house is almost like one of those houses where the front door is just always open. There's people just coming Not and going safe. all day long. Not safe. You are going to be burgled. <laughs> she is so like old Ireland, like just is grand. She's like, ah, yeah, she's like, there's no need to lock oh, the doors here in this area. The door. fine. We all leave our doors open. Yeah. And you're exactly. Like, I don't she is getting an alarm. <laughs> I bet you she doesn't even have an alarm. No, she does not. She doesn't even have a fire alarm, girl. Carbon oh, monoxide alarm. Never heard of her. She doesn't need it. She's fine. She's grand. So her door. She's in her sixties. I think the girl, the millennial girl, the kind of high status lawyer. I think her name is like Neve. She's a complete. Or no, she's Ashling. What a complete okay. Ashling. She's an Ashling. And the girl next door is like Melissa, but she like is becoming like an earth mom. Her kids are in and out all the time. And like, she does like crystal healing and like, oh my God, do you know the vibe I'm getting? You know, Grace and Frankie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> these are the two, these are the two personalities. Oh, but wow. there's also the age gap between them. So we've got our new millennial. Her whole life looks like it's all together. And then we've got this late 60s, kind of or early 60s. And her life looks like a hot mess. Her house is, there's, it's falling apart. She's like Neve, the, or Ashling. I can't keep track of the names. The millennial is like, Ashling, please yes. fix your gutter pipe. It is leaking into my garden. And your one is like, oh, Jesus, grand. And she sends like her son up the ladder and he like does a really harsh job on it. And it's it's just much worse than he left it. And Neve, the millennial, or Ashley, <laughs> the millennial is just really stressed. She's like, oh my God, I bought this house. I'm stuck next to this wacko neighbor. But the one thing is Neve looks all put together. Um, I'm just selling on Neve. Mm. Melissa is hot mess express, but Melissa has so much family and so much friends. And despite the fact that Melissa's leaving the house with like two left shoes on and like not brushing her hair and looking wild and out in the garden at like two in the morning, like, like just doing random bits. She's totally like not of this planet. <laughs> She is so happy. She is such a happy woman. She has her kids come by regularly. She's friends with everyone on the road. Everyone in the town knows her as this kind of, she's daft, but she's lovely. You just can't doubt her heart. Whereas Neve realizes that despite her having it all, she actually doesn't really. She's worked so hard to get this picture perfect house that like she actually doesn't have any friends. She doesn't, she's lost her boyfriend. She's kind of, 
they're, she's like they're they're exes now because their career paths didn't align and she let them go to focus on her career she starts realizing that actually i have nothing and i think this happens during the 2008 crash mm. and i think all of a sudden neve loses her job and she has a lot of savings to fall back on the mortgage is, is okay she's going to manage but all of a sudden she kind of realizes that like i'm at home now i'm un- unemployed and i don't have anything to show for any of the work that I've done with my life and I think Melissa all this time is like really annoying to her especially as Neve starts spending more time at home Melissa is like banging pots and pans and like nearly setting the kitchen on fire trying to bake things and like it's like there's like probably a scene that happens where Melissa's like out in the garden like doing something really random like hanging up wind chimes or painting a birdhouse something like unimportant and there's just a big plume of smoke coming out of her kitchen and Neve runs out and she's like Melissa, and she runs in and like the kitchen is like about to go on fire but she manages to handle it and Neve walks in like you need to get your shit together and Melissa's like oh thanks she's yeah no, it's sorted now it's sorted now so I think the switch comes in because Neve eventually hits rock bottom and is like like really 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 struggling and Melissa knocks on her door and is like, do you want to come in for a cup of tea? And they talk to each other. And I think, I don't think anything much happens in this book. I think a lot of it is Neve looking at Melissa and going like, what a daft bitch. <laughs> but then I think like Melissa knows, like maybe Melissa's heard all the phone calls Neve's makes to so her So the walls paper thin, so. They are. Ah, and I think she, she knows exactly what Neve thinks about her. But instead of caring and being wounded and wanting to get even, Neve just, or Melissa just knows, like, oh, she doesn't have anyone. Of course she's going to give out about me. She doesn't have anybody, you know? And I think that's what the book is about. Aww. That's actually really cute. I know. Um, kinda, I'm already, like, rooting for little Melissa, the daft bitch. <laughs> I think that has to be the episode title, but we can't say bitch. We'll just say that daft B. (laughs) B asterisk um, exclamation point. Um, The daft little biddy. The daft biddy. Beautiful. Uh, Really going into our Irish roots there. But um, that's unfortunately not what the book is about. You've got kind of some of, um, I know some of the heartwarming things about it, but um, no. So The Switch by <laughs> Beth O'Leary was published in 2020 last year. So um, really quick, another book out. Like, I, I was just about to say, that's really yeah. surprising. Uh, and I think Fat Share was quite recent as well. So um, go on her, do you know. Hurling them out like butter. She's hurling them out. So Hurling um, them out like butter, girl. But I really enjoyed this book. So this, um, we meet Eileen and Lena. And they're actually okay. grandmother and granddaughter. Oh, so I kind of had the age thing. Yeah, you do have the age thing. So Eileen is 79. And mm-hmm. um, she, so what happens is she trades houses with Lena um, oh. for a few months. Yeah. So, oh, they're kind of just going on like a little holiday with each other. Yeah. So they trade houses, but in the trade, they also trade their phones and computers. So, like, it's completely like mm-hmm. different world for both of them. So Lena is, um, she's in her late twenties, I think, and she's completely burnt out Mm. and hasn't gotten over the loss of her sister who died from terminal cancer. Um, 
Yeah, so this is something that she's really suffering. You can tell that she hasn't really grieved properly or really Mm -hmm. let herself grieve. And she has a major panic attack um, during a big presentation at work. And she's she's kind of in this all happens literally within the first few pages. Mm. She thinks that she's been handling everything quite well, that she's been hiding it from people. But you can tell, especially she's best friends with her her um, her colleague at work mm-hmm. and like they hope to set up their own business together. You can tell that she's worried about her. And anyway, Lena is called in to her boss's office and she's told like she has to go on a sabbatical for two months. Oh. And this is the end of the world for her. She's like, oh, my God, I'm like she thinks she's going to get fired because of this panic attack. And um, she thinks the end of her career, everything. She's incredibly upset about it. She doesn't want to take the sabbatical. She's like, no. And they're like, no, no, you have to take it. Mm. You know, and the boss is kind of like, look, Lena, she's very understanding. She's like, look, you have a lot going on. You need a break. All right. So it's it's very much like we're not, you're not being demoted. You're not being anything. This is time for you to heal, which. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Look after your employees. So we see Lena and she is hating this idea and she's in contact with her um, grandmother, Eileen. Um, Eileen, uh, Lena lives in London. Eileen lives in this, Eileen lives in this small village in, I think, Yorkshire. It's been a while since I've read it. I can't remember all the little details. So um, Eileen is newly single because her husband, which even Lena doesn't really like her granddad, um, her husband left her after having an affair with another woman. And he's like, at, at the this. age of what? 79. Jeez. 80 years old. Oh my God, it is Grace and Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell you think like do you know by the time you eat you reach 75 like by the time you reach 65 with the marriage you're like at least now there is someone to listen to me complain for the next 30 years and if we break it's because we don't like each other not because he's with someone else but um unfortunately for Eileen um the marriage was never really happy okay um it was one that they just kind of put up with each other and oh, okay. when you meet Eileen, like she is just a dose. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you're doing she like, you deserve so much better. <laughs> oh, like I literally was like, who is this man who was married to you? Like, did he not see what was right in front of him? It was oh, just, stuff. it was, yeah, it's just, she. It, you kind of see it as it, she talks about it a lot as the book goes on of how unhappy she was and she tells Lena that her dream when she was younger was to go to London and have big adventures. And she didn't get to have that because she got married and he didn't want to do that. So they agree on the idea of switching places. Now with Lena, it's more that her grandmother can come to London, have adventures, all that. Her grandmother is doing it because she wants Lena to get out of London, face, face, her grief really um and we learn as well lena her mother is living in the town as well i can't remember the mother's name is no. it her mother is living in the same town and they have have they have a very strained relationship now since the sister passed yeah. away and it's because the mother encouraged carla to stop treatment 
and a very big decision to make. Lena is furious with her over that, that there might have been hope there. Mm. And um, Eileen really wants the two of them to repair that relationship. And I she love thinks that, Eileen so much. Oh, when I talk about Eileen, like she is such a pure pure Melissa angel slash Eileen our dad um, little bitty we just so here. she has these kind of um these things behind her, in in her as well that you know she doesn't tell Lena that that's really what she wants her to do so they say right we're going to switch houses or switch um Lena's living in a an apartment with um housemates and things like that and um Eileen tells her like when you come to Yorkshire when you come to the town I'm giving you my list of jobs that you have to do because the place will fall apart without her really so anyway the switch um and a big thing like Lena does not want to give over her phone and her laptop because like she still wants to be doing work while she's there and Eileen is having none of it I'm like good on you Eileen go on Eileen go on Eileen go on Eileen Um, (laughs) I love that song as well actually but um and it is come on Eileen but anyway um so anyway so when lena gets to the town anyway um she finds a list of like all the potential suitors her her granny wrote down (laughs) of the men in the area and it's limited options it's very (laughs) limited options and like she's done like a whole pros and cons and like oh eileen rings her and she's or lena rings her and she's like none of them what were you thinking <sighs> so she tells her friends um to help set her granny up online dating and it's oh it's hilarious oh, yeah. and it's so cute <laughs> and she's just having so much fun with it like she she goes on dates everything like oh she's just living her life Agreed. and like her um lena's roommates absolutely love eileen um fab she they're just like oh my god gift from heaven Uh, like one of them is heavily pregnant but her partner is away and um you can tell Eileen's like this woman needs to get her ass back for her you know for this woman to be giving birth do you know and she's there like she um fits he's kind of in between jobs and like he starts getting her you know a bit of like yeah I've got to get up and do stuff with my day but she never nags anyone it's always just kind of this helpful kind of person that's just around you just, you just feel better with her around Aww. and it, it's just oh so lovely um Lena is not getting on so well at the start when she gets down to the town. She comes in. She, you're right. Uh, Lena does fit in with the Nia Vashling scenario. Oh, She's yes. complete perfectionist. She is really work driven. So this is like she is just kill me now kind of scenario. Yeah. She's like, this is my worst nightmare. She is bored out of her mind. She thinks her career is ruined. She's really struggling to be like she's just itching to be working and it's the yeah. worst thing she can be doing so anyway she's like look I have this list of jobs that my granny does and I have to I'm going to take her place on the town council or the town like committee or whatever that her granny's mm-hmm. on and um she doesn't get off that well she sits in one of their assigned seats you know old people they all have like that's my oh seat, yeah and already it's downhill they are as there. established as the town itself in yeah. the town like they're she, part of the town she comes in with her own like ah oh, guns blazing like i'm gonna do stuff and they're like oh honey we have our own methods oh my god it's like you know that little that meme of the little old lady she's like honey 
you got a big storm coming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then she goes, what? Um, Exactly. And um, as well, um, Eileen walks one of the guy's dogs and we're we're like love interest here. The guy is handsome and blah, blah, blah. And the dog is so cute. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's a German Shepherd. But anyway, um, she takes him out for a walk and loses the dog. Oh, no. <laughs> and she has a full-on breakdown. A full-on breakdown. She's like, oh, my God. Um, this she is it. Like, him. I'm ruined. She has a full-on breakdown in a field. Um, and anyway, she goes back to the guy's house and, like, floods of tears. And she's like, I lost him. And the dog is in the house. He came back home. <laughs> And yeah, it, oh, it's just, there's so many really funny moments, but it's, it's really heartwarming. And I think in to, she's like, how can I, and like, he's about to give out to her and then he sees how upset she is. And he's like, look, it's okay. She's like, no, I need to make it up to you. Like, and he's like, you're not walking the dog again. <laughs> um, like, no, no, I need to make it up to you. And she, he's a teacher in the local school. He was like, look, you can help me paint the classrooms. And she's like, okay that's all right and there's a lot of things like that it's there are some some great moments in it that you're like mm. oh my god what are you getting yourself into <laughs> but um yeah it's just it's really heartwarming um like when I saw the review by Ma- uh, Marion Keys on it you're like absolutely it's definitely in that field of like really heartwarming but mm. there are moments um like it does deal with grief a lot and um especially familial grief like how each yeah. of the three women in this book I mean it's really Lena and Eileen but as well the mother how they've dealt with the loss of uh Carla and I mean we see with Lena she hasn't faced it do you know she's buried herself in work to really avoid it and it's it's heartbreaking do you know um that really they were so close they're very different personalities and everything like that and it's how suddenly she really has to face it full on and confront it and Mm. allow herself to heal and it's a lot about self-care and looking after yourself and learning how to deal with those emotions of you know having missing someone and never being with them again and then how the mother you know she thinks that the mother's absolutely fine and the mother's not fine do you know she's lost a daughter so it's it's this kind of um really dealing with it full on and that's kind of woven in there as well and I think it's done really well I did enjoy it a lot I I think Mm -hmm. as well it deals with a little bit of loneliness in big cities like London's huge and London Mm -hmm. is really known for not being the most welcoming at times do you know when you're living there and especially for elderly people and when Eileen goes there she notices that And, and it's so like it's so inaccessible yeah like any major city like Dublin Paris when we and Chloe were in Paris mm. I was like how are you supposed to get by if you have any ailments at all yeah <laughs> um and you know it's it's something that even when she's doing the online dating she chats with people about and she's like yeah these people are lonely damn do you know mm. and it's it's something that she makes it her mission while she's there to like no this can't go on and it's it's really heartwarming um I mean, I think, it, you know, a lot of people have gone through grieving for family members and a lot of it struck a chord with me. Do you know, I mean, I lost my grandparents a few years ago and I was a huge loss, you know, and it's, it's just something that you're like, yeah, 
you know, sometimes I just threw myself into something else to yeah, to forget about it. Anyway, yeah, do you know? Because it is, it's not something. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. It hurts too much. It really does. But I have to say, the two characters. In a lot of reviews, a lot of people are like, I don't like Lena as much. It's hard to like Lena as much because Eileen oh, she's is... she's like, so, like, well is, done. I, I and then think... When, I think next to Eileen, like, you just have to dislike her a little bit when you have someone as, like... It is. It's so hard. But I think I saw myself a lot in Lena, like, the perfectionist working really hard. I was like, hmm, <laughs> this feels too close for comfort. <laughs> but um, I, I did like Lena, especially as you kind of see her enjoying life a lot more as it goes on um it's when you meet her she's at her really her lowest point do you know and you can tell she is a lovely person she you know gets on so well with her friends she's just not herself Mm -hmm. you know and as the book goes on and she interacts with a lot of the people in the town and things like that you can see that kind of lively fun spirit coming in and I liked her a lot more as it went on mm-hmm. I think with Eileen you get that immediate like you are a doge you are such a cute grandma you know, you're, you're just there like if I lived near you like I'd be popping over for tea all the time oh, um, it's just it's, she's so cute um, I mean the other characters in the book are like the town is people on the committee they're eccentric like they are just like there's a woman and they're literally told like you don't want her on the road like she is no 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 um like bad driver Uh. and you know we get to witness that later on in the book uh everything like that it is like it's just so charming it Mm -hmm. it really is it's just really lovable um like yes there are bits where um I think the writing's really good for most of it. And then there was bits that just felt a little bit off for me mm. when I was reading it. I was like, oh, this isn't as well put together or written out as other sections. It felt like some bits were left as a first draft. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There, It's especially when there's bits that are so good. You'd kind of notice the dip. Yeah, you notice the dip. And I mean, yes, some of it is really highly unbelievable. But with these kind of books. Oh, like that's to, what we love. You have to go along <laughs> for the journey. You know, you're like, yes, I want to live vicariously through you. Um, take me on this journey and make me feel happy again. And I love books like that. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, sometimes you see booksellers looking down at you when you buy books like this and I'm like that's the thing it's it's this is like what um they talk about sentimental garbage on all of these uh, podcasts like all Mm. of these books that we're kind of shamed for liking and it's like sorry that I'm not reading Moby Dick I want to read Circle of Friends with Maeve Binchy because it's actually fun yeah (laughs) and you're there like I am not ashamed to buy this book or you know read it because you're just like I need you need some self-love sometimes yeah and these do. books they're these like books warm little hugs you those little hugs but even then like I've read books by Marion Keys um Maeve Binchy Beth O'Leary as well they deal with certain things as well like this mm-hmm. deals with grief I've read one by Marion Keys that dealt with um an eating disorder everything like that they do have some very kind of well-written um yeah, and Chloe talked about Rachel's. It. Was it Rachel's holiday that Chloe talked about that? Yes, with alcoholism. Yeah. yeah, and you're there, kind of going like, "This is these really need to be talked about." And sometimes, you know, these books do have some lessons in them for you, or even you're you're seeing characters going through something that maybe you're going through, and yeah. something that you can connect with. 
but um I I did love it it's one of those things that I'm like I was really looking for I'm looking forward to reading her next book yeah I'm kind of like do you know when you're just like I want to pepper these books in because like sometimes I know I'm exactly the same I love them yeah you read some heavy books and you're like I need to treat myself I'm gonna read Marion Keys and you're like (laughs) ah do you know it's 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 that it's I view them as like treats do you know you're like oh and they're lovely um, even if you only read treats good for you oh good for you like I'm jealous good for you jealous I'm I'm kind of of the thing of like okay this is their most recent book put it off for a little while wait until you know there's a new book coming soon do you know when you're just trying to oh, put it off yeah you know, I know and you're like I don't want to be two years without you Beth O'Leary <laughs> yeah it's it's really good um I really enjoyed it um I'd probably give it maybe seven or eight out of ten purely because some of the writing is a little bit um just a little bit off at times um and I was surprised by it but it's a really good book um yeah I really enjoy it if you're looking for something that's heartwarming uh I haven't done a heartwarming book in a really long time this is really oh I'm so Um, glad you did you deserved to read a nice little book I I like I like treating myself it's one that I'll definitely when I'm um she's up there now um if I'm feeling a bit sadder that I probably take out one of her books yeah. It's the only one I've read, but I, I'm enjoy. I'm looking forward to reading her others because I think they're gonna, you know, they're uplifting. You'll feel so yeah. much nicer after reading one. Um, but yeah, a little bit about Beth O'Leary. Sorry, uh, I've stopped writing out their little bios and just going to their um, websites or Goodreads accounts. <laughs> so Beth studied English at university before going into children's publishing. She lives as close to the countryside as she can. Uh, while still being within reach of London and wrote her first novel, novel The Flatcher, on her train journey to and from work. Go on. Oh my Go gosh. on, the good old commute. Um, what a legend. I know. Could you imagine, like, um, you'll usually find her curled up with a book, a cup of tea and several woolly jumpers, whatever the weather she sounds like my type of gal, to yes. be honest. Let's um that let's go and go to London and find her and become friends. Yes. <laughs> Hello, let's be friends with all the authors. Oh, um, I'm bumping. I have the flat chair and I'm gonna bump that up my to read list. Do, I, actually, I think you I think you should. You I deserve might read it that after, one next after animals. Yes, yeah. I, I'm actually I've read two really lighthearted books since and I want to continue on my lighthearted journey. Yeah. It's so much nicer it's, it's sometimes. So, it's so nice sometimes when you read a book. Even I read one that's really well written. I'm doing it next week. And even though it made me cry a little bit, I was like, I just feel so like, oh, attached, you know, attached to a book. Oh, yeah, I love those I, feelings. I feel like it's really good to weigh up how you feel after reading a book after animals I or after I keep calling it animals after Mm. animal I felt deflated and then I read the book that I'm going to talk about next week and I felt elated love how we were like teasing the the listeners like you must listen next week to find out what these books are um (laughs) except the one thing like I'm sure you felt it this way as well we'll talk about it more next week (laughs) there it is again (laughs) um that like you know when you finish especially when you finish a lighthearted book the sense of loss can be greater because you miss them (laughs) oh there's characters that like you're just so sad Joyce and Ron from Thursday Murder Club I miss them so much but we know we're gonna meet them again in Thursday Murder Club too um I find I find I miss a lot of characters, especially um, in Marion Keys. I find sometimes mm. I'm like you. She leaves a little bit of a what if sometimes at the end, and you're like, 
no, no, no. Give me all the details. I want to see their life from beginning to end. Like I, I want, want to, to be know there. what foods they refused yeah. to eat as a child. <laughs> I just I miss um I read Grown Ups and I know you're covering it um or you're gonna read it. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. There's characters in that that I miss. So Oh, I can't wait to um, read it. And there's there's other books as well that you read and you're like, oh, I just don't want it finished, you know. Mm-hmm. Um love good books like that, but it's it's it is sad to get to the end. Um it is. But yeah. Speaking of getting to the end it yes. is sad that it we is must sad, now but we are... say goodbye our lovely readers yeah. <laughs> um so if you um enjoyed please let us know we love hearing from comments um, we love from... hearing about how brilliant we are specifically uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's nikki um please let us know any books that you've read that we've covered we love hearing other people's opinions on them um it's so interesting like how other people get different reactions to books um but yeah any books that we cover or any books you want us to cover please Mm -hmm. let us know um go follow us on instagram goodreads and twitter um twitter i we're trying to post more (laughs) okay it's hard there's i don't want to post pictures up there but um do interact your interact with us oh my god speech impediment is coming through now and um until next time bye bye bye